This is our boys in green from the Green Machine podcast, your weekend review of how all the Irish players got on over the weekend for their clubs. Martin, you had a rough weekend, you were saying, uh, off air there. So um, <laughs> what, what was it as rough as the, the performances in the Premier League? We'd won Premier League player this weekend, Seamus Coleman. Uh, he didn't play that well, did he, against Crystal Palace? Our only Premier League appearance. Yeah, so it's not good reading, really, is it? We've only had one one player playing for um, uh, like the Premier League this week. And, yeah, he kind of made a mistake as well. So, um, yeah, I know where we had the Tottenham game uh, was cancelled. And, obviously, Doherty might have got a run out in that. Um, but, no, it's not, it's not really great at the moment for us. Um, and I'm hoping... You know, I know I keep saying about like the FA Cup and things like that, but there are players do need to play. Um, and but, but you know, we're going to go through it and some promising results still over the weekend and performances which we can go through. Yeah, and I mean, coming up to the festive period, I mean, it's always good to have, I mean, football constantly on the telly, isn't it? And I think it's always served Irish players well, certainly in recent years. You know, you have it where it's not like a club has maybe three or four games in a week. And then, you know, you're either enforcing to changes through injury or you just have to freshen things up a little bit. So sometimes the squad depth does start showing for all clubs. And, and sadly, well, maybe not sadly over the festive period, but I mean, the depth in most squads is Irish, isn't it? You know, like, I mean, your, your second strings, your second choices wasn't always the case. But I mean, you'd be expecting, like, say, Jeff Hendrick to get a bit of a run or you know if Karen Clark you know my my favorite player <laughs> comes back goes back yeah you know comes back for suspension you'd expect them lads to get a run um the championship really I mean that's that's kind of the biggest bill you know and it's it's becoming the biggest bill in the last little while and as you said I mean Duffy and Connolly I mean they, they probably would have played for for Brighton and you know, remains to be seen whether Matt Doherty would have played but worrying all the same and you know, Seamus Coleman gets dropped next week. And if you've got a similar lineup with each of the Premier League teams next week, it's it's very worrying. It's very worrying, isn't it? You know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I know I know Everton are going go through a tough time at the moment. And, and I mean, this isn't the first game this season where Coleman's maybe been used as a bit of a scapegoat. Blatantly slowing down, you know, not blatantly slowing yeah. down, but, but kind of, you know, evidentially slowing down. And... He's kind of that one player, maybe alongside Shane Duffy, and you kind of say, well, that's our only guaranteed starter, isn't it? And you don't see many guys kind of, you know, staking a claim. I mean, Omobamadele, maybe. I don't know why he wasn't in the squad for, for Norwich. There was talk that there was, you know, there was a COVID, um, COVID withdrawal or whatever, but that was never confirmed or denied or whatever. So uh, it's, a, it's a bit grim at the moment, isn't it? It is, yeah, but I think, you know, we do want to try and be, positive and um i think like i said i think we had some good performances again from some of our younger players over the weekend bazuna especially um and even mark mcginnis i know we've mentioned him again but he he scored another goal last minute equalizer for cardiff so he's one of the ones who is doing really well um and um yeah i just hope these players do get a run of games now and actually good performances and they're gonna have to state their claim and and, and hopefully get a chance but uh, yeah adam eder for example on the bench Norwich against yeah. Man United. Very unlikely that he's probably going to come on there unless they're either in that type of game as well. It's a close game. So Pookie played quite well and was a threat. So he's not going to give him a run out against Man United, basically. So, yeah, the Amabamadeli sure. one was a bit of a mystery, I think, now as well. And, yeah, I mean, I think one thing we're going to have to 
like ironically, if games go on with with this COVID situation, because you know there's a c- couple of games in d- doubt now, um, I think you know that it, squad rotation will become more and more important. I'm sure they'll try and get games on, but you would you it could be beneficial in a way, uh, kind of absurdly to kind of say it, but you know you could have a player who actually will get a chance because someone else is going to miss out because of COVID because the squads are going to be more important now. Yeah, absolutely. So just to kind of run through some of the players. So we, you know, the last couple of weeks, we haven't done it as in depth. And, and sadly, today is the same. Um, I have a good excuse. I, I turned 30 on Friday. So I haven't been able to do the spreadsheet this week. Um, and I'm horribly, horribly hung over. And David, and 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 uh, I'll just blame David. Well, I won't even blame the fact that I'm I'm getting old. It's just so I'll, I'll blame David. So, well, um, we'll start with goalkeepers. So Gavin Bazina, we mentioned already. So five clean sheets in seven games, and I mean the, that save that he made uh, over over the weekend. I mean it's kind of gone viral, hasn't it? The, the save against Morecambe. So, um, you know Marcus Harness playing in that game as well and scoring a goal. Uh, so, of course, qualifies for Ireland. So, 2-0 win over Morecambe. So, Bazunu, uh, like, he's starting to get linked with with championship clubs now because I know it was, it was Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? And now they're saying he might go on loan to Bournemouth in January. So, of course, Mark Travers at Bournemouth. So, sadly, losing 2-0 to Blackburn Rovers. But how would you find a move to the championship as far as January, Martin? Do you think he's better off maybe saying it's at Portsmouth? I mean, getting a bit of confidence, getting the clean sheets, pulling off those kind of saves, or is it is it time for a step up already? Seems very soon. I, I think it's probably too soon. I think, you know, he's got a kind of... He's playing regularly, doing really, really well, and his profile's being matched, obviously, by... Um, you know, we can all see on Twitter and stuff, that, like you said, it was, the, the save's gone viral. Like, you know, I saw, like, things coming up on my timeline saying, like, you know, contender for save of the season and things like that. I mean, it's an incredible save, to be fair. What I was more impressed with as well, I mean, he saves it, but he's he's just up so quickly afterwards and he's just focused again. He's I'm just more and more impressed with him when I see him. And yeah, I, I don't think there's any rush for him to move. Um, and I think, you know, you've got to bear in mind, like, you know, it could, that team could be kind of pushing for promotion. I mean, they're eighth at the moment, Portsmouth. They're, they're doing all right. I mean, Rotherham are actually, it's, it's weird, isn't it? We, we, you know, we're talking all, when I went out the other night, on Saturday evening, I went out to watch the Man United game. But in the whole kind of cab journey, I was just flicking through, obviously, the scores, looking at team lineups um, to kind of see where who's playing and, and which players are playing for their teams or if they're getting a chance. And, um, yeah, so you are actually more interested now in League One because, obviously, you've got Ogbeni there, uh, James McLean with Wigan, and, obviously, Gavin Bazzuni with um, Portsmouth. I mean... You know, it's a quite. I'm just looking to see they're not far off the kind of playoff positions at the moment. I know it's early on in the season as well, but yeah, there's no real rush. I don't think for him to move on. But it's just brilliant for his career that he's kind of making these saves and and getting the kind of praise for them in in the media. I think it was Sean Williams, the the Portsmouth captain, said, oh, "I've never met a guy who wants to be the best." You know, we, we speak about Irish players and Irish mentalities and the amount of young lads who've been hyped up as our next superstar and you know, personal circumstances or off the pitch circumstances or whatever it is kind of get in the way. But Bazuni seems very different. There's a professionalism there that we haven't seen with a lot of Irish players. And and you can imagine him getting to the very, very top. I mean, he's getting linked with, with you know, Manchester, or he's with Manchester City, getting linked with Liverpool. I think he was linked with Benfica recently enough. You know, all these kind of, 
all these kind of moves and and you can you can tell by him even by his persona you, you look at the way he communicates in interviews he carries himself so well and i know that that's not an indicator of what he gets up to at the you know the weekends or or what he's doing and so on but i mean you, you can just tell that there's a professionalism there with this that there that there probably isn't with some other young lads that's it like if he, and he, it's very very rare in football i think to have that desire uh, in there for a young player like him like at that age um to actually you want to be the best in the world. Like, that's your that's your goal. You know, a lot of players, you know, they get the big contracts, they get the moves. You know, he, he can let it completely go to his head that he's at Man City and probably think, I'm never... I'm kind of settled for, like, he'd, he'd probably be on a decent wedge there as well, you know. Yeah. Um, some of these footballers, I, I was listening to something today and they were talking about, like, like, for example, Chelsea and how they operate their kind of B team, as it were. They sign loads of players... And they kind of have them out on two million pound loan deals and stuff, and it's actually a viable business how they structure that kind of loan process. These players are on incredible money, um, and it's all on the back of. I thought it was really interesting. This it's all on the back of Kevin De Bruyne basically when he was at Chelsea and they let him go for no for very little money, um, and then he became one of the best players in the world. Mm. They can't take that risk anymore, and they can't write off someone so young. So that's I think it's a noble attribute in in Bazzini that he wants to be the best every time I've seen him speak he's so impressive you see him interacting with Irish fans uh, Portsmouth fans you know he even he went back to Shamrock Rovers didn't he to kind of pop in and stay grounded and see his ex-teammates just doesn't do anything but impress me um yeah and I think yeah he's got to be an inspiration to you know someone we've spoken about a lot like you know Aaron Connolly for example why is he not? Surely he's got to be looking at other players and thinking, why am I not doing this? What, what is it in my conduct day to day that I'm not doing that isn't giving me, getting me the breaks in football? Because I could just see Bazuna going right to the top and it's probably going to be through his hard work. You know, that's what they say, don't they? You know, these players, the money comes. If, if you if you settle down and you put the hard work in, you get rewarded with the money. You don't. Yeah. You shouldn't be worrying about what money you're on at this level if you want to be a footballer. Like, if you really want to be one a proper player. Um, I was going to use the Roy Keane phrase there, a top, top player. Um, that would just give that one out to David when he listens back. He'll probably be upset. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, like doesn't do anything but, but impress me. And, yeah, brilliant seeing him do so well. Yeah, I think even the fact he did his leave insert, you know, kind of insisted that he, he's finished his leave insert before going over to Manchester City, speaks volumes as well, you know, serious yeah. work ethic and, and a very, uh, very good head in the shoulders. So moving on to the defenders, not a huge amount to report. Uh, Daryl Lenehan, so keeping a clean sheet in the 2-0 win over Bournemouth. Robbie Brady actually starting at left back for Bournemouth, so just uh, worth noting as well, 90 minutes for him. And um, as we've all mentioned in the past, we'd love to see Robbie Brady get back in the Ireland squad. But Mark McGuinness, possibly the defender of the week and probably the defender of the month. Three goals in the last four, I think, for the um, for the Cardiff City man. So 2-2 draw with Birmingham City and a stoppage time winner or stoppage time equaliser rather. So um, we kind of watched him in the, the 21s game against Montenegro, Martin, didn't we? And we were, we were, weren't full of praise from now, but he's... He's certainly building and he's certainly developing well at, at Cardiff. And I mean, kind of leaving Arsenal is really reaping its rewards. And even if it's not kind of transferring onto the, the 21 stage, you know, we just see constant improvement from him. And, and he's he's looking a real goal threat, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, and it's like we have got strength and depth there. And I, I can see him coming into the squad in March. 
Although, obviously, the under-21s will have games as well, I expect. So, um, But, you know, it, it could be something that they are going to look at him um, a little bit for the seniors. Because I think that's what kind of the mantra's kind of been. We want to reward these players. If they're playing very well for their clubs, they've got to be in the mindset of Stephen Kenny, no matter what their age is. And, yeah, we have got strength and depth there. But let's see how can he step up again and reward him for his really good form for his club. Um you know, brilliant that he's scoring goals. Um, seems to have settled really well there. Kind of popular, getting a good bit of praise for performances. Playing week in, week out. He's one, I think, certainly keep an eye on. Um, and yeah, we d- I did see him in the under-21s. And I've referred to him before on this when he was down. But, you know, him and Omar Bamadeli played that day. Um, constant talk between them. Like, real leadership out on the pitch. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that they've, they've obviously played together. It's the future that's very bright there. And I hope he kicks on, like we were saying with Bazunu. I hope he, he kicks on and thinks, like, doesn't let these things go to his head. He's very young still. Let his, you know, he'll, he'll probably get a move eventually again. You know, if he, he's at the right level now and he's learning it in a, in a very competitive league. So that's like he's learned his craft, basically. And that's better for him rather than, for example, sitting on the bench somewhere where he's not going to get a lot of time. He's actually done a really good move there. Like, I mean, you made the Arsenal lads and, you know, look at it. Is it Nick, Nick uh, Jesus, Nekater or whatever, and Bagalone and Nelson and all these lads, and you know mm. they're kind of in the in the early twenties. They're never getting games. They're going out and loan forever, and it's just yeah, again, it's another admirable kind of kind of move from them, and it's just showing a willingness to actually go out and play and actually go out and and, and develop and get better as a player. So, you know, I think another another young lad who we've probably been very critical of in, in the last couple of months, but he's. He's shown that there is a means of development and there is kind of life beyond a Premier League club. So just another defender to mention stats-wise. So um, Dan McNamara, an own goal for Millwall in the 2-1 loss to Peterborough United and um, Jack Taylor getting an assist in that game as well. So, of course, Jack Taylor involved in the last squad against Portugal and Luxembourg didn't feature, but of course... um, was called up kind of laid on and moving on to the midfielder so we mentioned taylor so alan brown so a goal in the 2-1 win over barnsley so alan brown of course in amongst the goals they're always kind of a consistent goal scorer for Preston north end and um i suppose kind of the most notable goal that we kind of saw over the weekend and and, and someone who really impressed apparently i didn't see the game back but callum robinson scoring the winner uh, for west brom against reading so um I think it was his first goal since mid-August, something like that. You know, and I think I saw an article actually there in the Athletic, and, and they were kind of saying how, you know, what do West? It, it wasn't even about Robinson. It wasn't even a criticism about Robinson. It was what can West Brom do to get the best out of Callum Robinson and to replicate his Ireland form. You know, something along those lines. So, you know, West Brom falling off the the grid a little bit, haven't they, with the promotion race? And you know, we mentioned, you know, the, the Mason um, Hickman. Um, Hickman, who's who's in there as well, Gardner Hickman, rather. Sorry, trying to <laughs> trying to remember all the all the names in there, and then Daryl Shea's kind of back training, and um, you know, uh, Jason Malumbi played over the weekend as well. So good to see him back in the goals, Martin, isn't it? Because you know, we were it was a little bit worrying from an Irish perspective when he's scoring for us, but he's not scoring domestically, especially when he's one of the few lads who is getting game time for his club. Yeah, that's exactly it. He has got to, you know, we, we said this about him, you know, he, he's going to be a starter when he goes back in for Ireland, you'd think, because of his form for us. So it's very important that he is actually playing for his club. And yeah, he's one, again, West Brom, they do, he kind of, he, he flits in and out there, doesn't he? And I know 
he's quite flexible as well where he can get uh, put in different positions like the left, right or centre. And um, I'm hoping again that he goes on a bit of a run now. He started the season off very well with them. And I, yeah, it's amazing to think about it that he's scored a lot of goals for Ireland recently and he hadn't scored for three months for West Brom. Yeah. Uh, but that's a striker's lot, isn't it? You know, he's got, he, he wasn't playing all the time either. Uh, because he's not been scoring. So hopefully now he will stay in the team with them and go on a bit of a run. You kind of hold the floodgates open there because as, as you said, like the festive period, so many games and all you need is, you know, a couple of games in a week or so. And the same same with Ireland, wasn't it? You know, I mean, short space of time and he's he's managed to get a heap of goals for us. So he is a guy that we need scoring. You know, he is probably our big goal threat. So it's, it'd be good to have him hitting a bit of form. And as well, like looking at that promotion race, I know there's a lot of football a lot of football left but like in an ideal world you'd have West Brom pushing wouldn't you because you know Malumbi let's say he ends up staying um, Gardner Hickman who I took about 20 minutes to remember his name and then Robinson <laughs> and and uh, O'Shea will be coming back you know and as far as I know Carolyn Grant um, possibly qualifies for Ireland I think I think there was a link there at some stage so you'd love to see them going up and Bournemouth going up because of course you've got Brady Travers and you've got um, you've got Gavin Kilkenny there as well so you know, it's always it's always interesting to see how the championship uh, kind of shapes up. And just to kind of um, round it all off before we discuss a couple of more bits and pieces. So Troy Parrish uh, with the assist for MK Don. So um, they're playing Oxford United. They're a 2-1 loss, unfortunately. But Parrish turning into more of a creator than a goal scorer, isn't he? And I think, you know, uh, you see so many comments. I, th- I think we mentioned this every couple of weeks, but you see so many comments on social media and they're saying he's a waster, he's 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 rubbish, he's, he's awful, he's this, he's that and the other. But he's actually doing very well for uh, for MK Dons and he's, you know, he, he is dropping a bit deeper and he is creating a huge amount. I think he hit the crossbar as well. So a bit harsh from some of our fellow fans, Martin. Yeah, but we... We've said for a long time, you know, you, you can't rule him off uh, out, you know, and kind of write him off as a player. He's so young and he's, you know, he he's he has started for Ireland and stuff, you know. And, you know, I think he's a very, very clever player and very adaptable and stuff. Very experienced as well. Played a lot of underage games for Ireland. So, yeah, he's one. He's, he's, again, he's gone down to probably the level where he's going to probably get a bit of confidence and assist and stuff. That's him doing his job, assisting. Scoring goals, hopefully as well. Um, yeah, I've got no problem with that. That that that's the idea. That's what why he's gone down to that level. He could still be at Spurs, sitting on the bench and doing nothing, and just be a squad player there. And that's not actually going to develop him at all. So that's the, that's again the, the bravery of the move with him. Um, it's very similar to Adam Eder in a way. Adam Eder needs to get out of Norwich and go and play in the Championship or League One to get the confidence to come back up again in time. You know, that, that's it. I see he was linked with Nottingham Forest. I think that might not be happening as a, a loan move um, at a meter. But, you know, we need these players to be playing because it's so important to be match sharp and you're a forward because you will get only a few chances in the game. You've got to be able to take them. Um, I, think, so, yeah. I, think under, I think under normal circumstances, people kind of say, well, these guys are so wrong. Give them a chance and whatever. And I think if I didn't and Parrot were in the 21s, we might be having the same conversation. But the fact that Stephen Kenny starts out of my day in most games. Like he's kind of that balance, isn't he, between the target man and then a player who can run in behind because he's, he's so quick for a big guy. The the eyes are always going to be on him. And if he's not scoring, regardless of the level and regardless of how raw and young he is, you know, people are going to start asking questions, which is kind of unfortunate. Similar with with, uh, with Parrish, you know, I think he's only just got 20, isn't he? And I mean, people just expect him to be scoring every week just because it's League One. But, you know, I mean, 
we mentioned Harry Kane, didn't we, a few weeks ago, and we said when Harry Kane was Troy Paris age, he wasn't scoring at any level. So context is really key. Context is really key. So just to kind of sum up uh, kind of the stats, I suppose. So just to go through the assists, we've mentioned a couple of these guys already. So um, Jack Taylor with an assist for Peterborough United, Troy Parrott with an assist for MK Dons, Trevor Clark with an assist for Bristol Rovers in the 4-2 win over Rochdale. Um, Corey O'Keefe playing for Rochdale in the t- uh, 4-2 loss to Bristol Rovers with a assist as well. Jamie Bowden, who's on loan from Spurs at Oldham. So 5-5 draw with Forest Green Rovers. <laughs> um, two assists he got in that game. And then Stephen Wars, of course, former Ireland international with an assist for Walsall as they won 3-0 against Colchester United. And for the goals, so we mentioned already, so Mark McGuinness with the last-minute equaliser for Cardiff City against Birmingham City. Alan Brown with the goal for Preston North End in the 2-1 win over Barnsley. Callum Robinson for West Brom with the winner in the 1-0 win over Reading. Mark Sykes, who qualifies for Ireland, as we mentioned, against Troy Paris, MK Don. So Sykes scoring for Oxford United in the 2-1 win. Marcus Harness scoring for Portsmouth in the 2-0 win over Markham. Um, Stephen McLaughlin of Mansfield Town, so scoring in the 2-1 win over Salford City. Joel Shocknessy of St. Mirren scoring in the 1-1 draw with Hibernian and Mark Connolly of Dunfermline uh, scoring in the 3-3 draw with Queen of the South in the Scottish Championship. And all those stats courtesy of Joe in Irish Abroad. So we're going to leave it there for the um, for the stats and for the catch-up with the players. Uh, sadly, we haven't a huge amount to report. Uh, just, you know, <laughs> as I said, it was plenty of action in the Championship, plenty of appearances. You know, we didn't even mention the likes of, you know... Um, you know, Mark Travers and Robbie Brady, who we could have spoken about, Gavin Kilkenny. So there's a lot a lot of guys playing for, for Bournemouth and, and so on, but, but really not a huge amount of action out of them. One player in the Premier League. So we're going to move on to something a bit more uplifting, and that's the Nations League draw, which is going to happen this Thursday. So just to give everyone kind of a bit of perspective of, of who we can get. So we're, we're in pot three. We're in pot three with Israel, Romania and Serbia. So some of the potential... Um, opponents we can have and Martin did go through this a few weeks ago so in pot one we've got Ukraine Sweden Bosnia and Herzegovina and Iceland in part uh, pot two we have Finland Norway Scotland and Russia and in pot four we have Slovenia Montenegro Albania and Armenia so Martin where do you want to go on your holidays next year that's the big question (laughs) yeah I mean some great trips there um, lined up I mean I've been to a few of them already. I've been to Norway, been to uh, I, I've, I've been to Bosnia, so and Scotland. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's not a bad. You know, I know this is Stephen Kenny's target. He said uh, quite openly, you know, our aim now is to win the Nations League. It's very important we do. Um, need to get that elusive get, win, don't we? Yeah, and yes, I think you get to that. Win. Yeah, and we need to get. Um, you know, we need to kind of think about that's a backup to qualification. So. You know, you do get another playoff kind of playoff spot if you if you don't qualify for the Euros automatically. So that's going to be a really big challenge. I mean, I know the games is you know thick and fast. They're going to be four games in June and two games in September, and then obviously we've got the the World Cup uh, next year at the end of the year as well, so which we sadly won't be participating in. But I think it's very important, um, you know, that we we do well in it. Um, yeah, I think 
like Scandinavia's always a good trip. I think that would be quite a good one, to be honest. So, like, Iceland, Iceland or Sweden. Iceland, yeah, Iceland would be an interesting yeah, one. Yeah, Iceland would be a really interesting one. Probably an expensive one, but uh, it would be good. Um, and, you know, we, we could be even, like, you know, that's where we're going to be kind of based, I think. You know, Finland, Norway. You know, although we've just listed... Um, the teams we can play, you know, we saw the fast today with UEFA. We could, we could still get Denmark some way, <laughs> some way if they cock up the draw. Or um, but yeah, um, but I think, um, yeah, I, I, like, I'm actually excited for it. Five o'clock on Thursday, uh, we'll be, we'll hear, we'll know the, the games uh, who we're going to be playing. I know it will take a day or two to actually then arrange when you actually playing them. Um, and yeah, we better book the trips basically. Um, but we will have two matches in March, uh, friendlies, hopefully, um, with how things are going as well with COVID and stuff. So they're going to be important as well because we really want to kick in at the end of May. You know, it's a busy time of year. It's, you know, playoffs are, look, let's be positive about this. A lot of our players at the moment could be very involved in the playoffs mm-hmm. at that time of year. Um, with their clubs in the positions they are currently in the championship. So that's going to be very, very important. Um, you know, sadly, we probably won't have anyone involved in like Champions League level, um, unless someone gets a big move somewhere or yeah. Gavin Bazoon or Kelleher, perhaps, you know, you never know. Um, but yeah, that, that's where we are with it. And I think, um, you know, I, yeah, it's not that they're not, I'm not afraid of anyone in that. I'm not worried about anyone in the in these groups at all. We're probably at the level where we need to be, and I think it's a good move for us that we can um, we can play one of these teams. Uh, well, obviously, different teams in it. And um, you look at every team in the yeah. You look at every team there, Martin. And, and I mean, look, I, we we can be guilty of over kind of doing ourselves, can't we? I mean, you know, we 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 can be guilty of saying, well, we can beat absolutely anybody. But if you look at it, I mean, if you look at part one, I mean, Ukraine and Sweden at the Euros two highly overachieving teams. I think Ukraine actually knocked Sweden out. You know, they both look poor, both very rigid teams. Um, now, I'm not saying we're any better, but but at the same time, you, you, you wouldn't be looking at them the same way you'd be looking at, say, Denmark, as we have the last couple of years, you know, or, yeah. or, or some of those teams. Bosnia, you know, an aging side. Iceland is hugely declined inside. Their results have been very poor recently. And um, Finland, you know, uh, probably the most, probably, like, Finland are probably the most improved side there, aren't they? Then Norway, I mean, you've, you've got an all-star team there. You've got, you know, you have, um, you know, you've got Haaland there and you've got Odegaard and all, all these lads. They're, they're a bit of a golden generation. Then Russia and Scotland. I mean, Scotland, another team on the open. Russia, you know, ha- always have that bit of consistency. And then in pop four, I mean, you know, Slovenia, I know they have two excellent goalkeepers like ourselves, but apart from that, there is so much going on for them. And, and, and the other teams in there, you wouldn't be too, too afraid of. So, mm-hmm. I mean, with the exception of maybe... You know, a couple of those teams in pot two, you're right. Like, there's no one really to fear. Like, I mean, I would be afraid of Holland. And I mean, Finland, Finland are really, you know, an up and coming side and a really, really decent side. But apart from that, like, I mean, you know, you will be expecting us to to have a decent dent at this group. Certainly at the pot four teams. I mean, we should get a we should get a win against any of those sides. We should get a win against any of those sides. And I'd fancy us against Iceland. I would definitely fancy. Yeah, yeah. Iceland, even, Bo- yeah. Even, even Bosnia. So yeah, hard. I mean they've got not. Yeah, they're not. They've not developed that they have. They were. They're not as strong as they used to be. And even Sweden, you know, you did have the fact the Zlatan thing years ago and stuff. There's not much there now in a way. I mean, I know. Look, we we are probably talking up our chances just because we want to be positive about Irish football and seeing what's happening. I think you know the one. I, I think we'll probably end up getting. I, I think we'll get Scotland because I think it would then be a, 
absolute nightmare on tickets and all the debate about that. And that was obviously the last time we had a lot of uproar with yeah. um with the source of tickets yeah, for the yeah. game. And uh well John Delaney's not there anymore, so we might oh, be no. Yeah. <laughs> um but again yeah, I think, you know, like you said, even for the FAI, let's, let's, we've got to think of it as a business and they're not going to be the most attractive games. I know like everyone's up on the up now. With, with We had Ronaldo in town, obviously, and they had to sell out and hopefully we will still have fans able to go to these games um, But because they need to get some money in. So they will want someone high profile and really that's Norway because of the, the Haaland factor. Yeah, um, for sure, yeah. And... Yeah, that, that's that's going to be the key one there with him. Um, and, but Scotland would be an interesting one because I think that will kind of show us where we are because they've they've been all right. And I, I think that that is probably around our level. I think you know that we should be better than them eventually. But um, I, I, it'd be interesting to see us play them. Um, and I think as well, what, what what will depend on this is, I think we've got to be quite clever. I know they haven't announced the friendlies for uh, March yet, but. And sadly, I think there was kind of rumours it was going to be Italy, um, but then they failed to qualify. Um, that we were going to have a home game with them, um, which would have obviously filled out the stadium, see the European champions. It's a shame that's kind of put the mockers on that one that they failed to qualify. Um, but the I think of England it, as well, isn't it? Yeah, there was talk of England as well, and that's more about I think it was something to do with like the, the centenary, basically the FAI as part yeah. of celebrations of that. I think they um, always the game as well, don't they? Because we, we stepped in for New Zealand. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we've got to be quite clever of who we who we're gonna get. You know, it, when we know the draw, they should hopefully be working out then who's kind of similar teams that we want to play. That used to be the thinking, didn't it? Years ago, you kind of play someone with a similar style to them. But there's probably not an awful lot in it. I mean, um, yeah. I, I think I'm excited to see it though because again, it's it's gonna get everyone. Uh, you know, interest in Irish football again over the before Christmas, and yeah, hopefully these are games we're going to be able to go and see. Um, you know, if we did get Scandinavian teams, you could see it if they were able to work it. And UEFA, I'm just thinking from the fans' perspective, you'd rather kind of a double header in June somewhere with two of them maybe away. Uh, like I hope they work it quite well with the fans that we're not back and forth, you know, in and out of places. You know, you might be able to get a kind of three or four day trip with seeing two away games close relatively close or easier to get to um let's yeah it's gonna be funny how they do it let's be selfish here martin um who do we want from a trip perspective like what group do we want from a trip perspective i think um like i said i think iceland would be a pretty cool place to go i think i think like scandinavian countries are very expensive i, I don't really want scotland from a trip perspective although it would be <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be a cheap one though basically um you, know, you get a flight there easy um and yeah like you would you can kind of go in and out basically or trains or whatever way you want to go so um i think montenegro i think people when they're four and they, they enjoyed it as a trip i think people would like to go i think where we haven't played before the, the one i don't want is russia i, I don't want to go to russia I, I don't really it's not an attractive place for me to bother going i yeah. think um so yeah that one i wouldn't be too bothered but you know i don't think we've ever played ukraine that would be an interesting one. I don't think we've ever played them. So, yeah, there's an interesting ones. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the draw. Should be good. Yeah, it should be good fun. Looking forward to it, you know, just just the the idea of competitive football, you know, and, and a kind of a fresh start as well. is just something nice as well. And I think people underestimate the importance of the Nations League at the moment. So, 
Uh, just to kind of sum up, Martin, and just to kind of finish up, uh, you wanted to chat a little bit about a certain Irish commentator who's coming to a certain a certain Irish supporters club that you may That's... be associated with. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's obviously the draws on Thursday, so I'm very excited for that. But, yeah, we've got George Hamilton coming over to uh, the Cladder Ring in Hendon on this Thursday, uh, the RTE commentator. Obviously, he's got um, he's doing, doing a book signing with us and a Q&A with his book, A Nation Holds Its Breath. So we're doing it very much in line with um, our, we pick a charity for the for the season as a club and do our charity quiz at the end of January 2022. We're doing that, uh, hoping to get a special guest over for that as well. But um, we've got, this is all in aid of the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. Um, and we're, yeah, George Hamilton will be over signing copies of his book, doing a Q&A with us. We've also got like a kind of raffle draw we're doing as well. We've got a copy of uh, Eddie O'Mahony's Irish book, uh, the football book as well, Green, White and Orange. So that's that's a really quality like, piece of uh, kind of sporting memorabilia, I would say. It's, it's so great, that book. And uh, that's one of the prizes for our raffle. So, yeah, if anyone is in the Hendon area, northwest London on Thursday, more than welcome to come along. We've got our Irish Supporters Club meeting, first of all, Rich London. And then we'll have George Hamilton uh, copies of the book or we, we're selling them at £20 with the proceeds going to um, the, the charity, as I said, the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. But, yeah, it should be a good night. Um, yeah, hopeful. I mean, there are restrictions a little bit over in, in the UK a bit. But, yeah, hopefully we're going to get a crowd there for that. Um, but, yeah, anyone with any interest in Irish football and know anyone in London who does, feel free to share uh, that this is going on. They'd be more than welcome up to the Cladder Ring in Hendon. Yeah, and the Green Machine before it was the Green Machine. It was the, the Bar Sealers and... George Hamilton was one of our first ever um, interviews. So, All right. you know, he's a um, lovely fella, lovely fella and a very interesting guy and, you know, an iconic voice in never mind Irish sport, but in Irish culture. So best of luck with that, Martin, and, and enjoy yeah, that. Thank you. Um, and, um, you know, so, yeah, we're looking forward to the draw. Hopefully we'll get to react to it. Depends how our, you know, I said this isn't our, our full-time job, sadly. As, as much as David would like it to be, Martin, it's, it's not our, not our full-time job. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be back to react. Um, Martin will be probably 17 points deep, but that's fine. That's absolutely fine. He's allowed it. He deserve, you deserve it, Martin. You deserve yeah, it. Yeah, I deserve it. <laughs> we, um, we also, yeah, I'll get a couple of copies of the book signed as well by George Hamilton. So, um, that will obviously raffle to some of our, well, we'll, we'll do a draw for our, on our social medias for listeners of the podcast as well. So, yeah, he'll be in a chance of winning one if you're not able to obviously attend. But yeah, it's a really good go. book. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Three or four chapters. Very interesting. And it, it, you know what? You know, like you might get a football autobiography or something. You, you know, it's filled basically with photos and stuff. There's yeah, no yeah. actual photos in this book, which I think actually is a bit of a testament to the quality of it because it's more like really interesting life. And I mean, he's, he's just knowledge of things is incredible. And, you know, when you think of Irish sporting moments, um, you do think of, you know, you've got to think he's covered the Olympics and everything. So, brilliant. All the World Cups and stuff. So, it's going to be a good Fasc- night, I think. Fascinating guy, even like his musical background. Yes. Like music, the rain stuff. So, I mean, fascinating guy. And, and as I said, like, I mean, so many people, they they associate very, very happy times with him and, and some very, very sad times too. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, enjoy that, Martin. That'll be, that'll be no fun, no doubt. So, we're going to leave it there. We will hopefully be back to react. Um, on Thursday to the Nations League draw where we hopefully get a decent trip away to Iceland and, uh, <laughs> and, Mar- and Martin gets his trip to, to St. Petersburg, hopefully. So yeah. until then, take care. God bless and come on, you boys in green.